G'day guys, welcome to Talk Shop, the workshop talk show. We are your hosts, Al and Imo, husband and wife duo, building our dream lifestyle one project at a time. We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we work. And pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. G'day guys, we're back with another episode of Talk Shop, the workshop talk show. Welcome everybody, so happy to have you here as per usual, we're just stoked. Bloody stoked, mate. Stoked. I am on a little bit of a buzz because last week we had such great feedback from our episode. It was all about niching down and just getting really highly specific about what you do and who you do it for. And I think it really spoke to a lot of people. And we've got a review right here that we're going to start off with. Al? So this one comes all the way from Philadelphia. Kirsten has messaged in and she says, I couldn't wait and just listened while walking my dogs and oh my God, thank you. I feel like I've been going down the same path trying to hone in my niche, but was feeling the need to not turn anyone away because of what would happen. I know I'm not a diner. That was in reference to the menu that we talked about. You know, when you go into a restaurant and they have a menu and they have like every single single cuisine (laughs) And straight away, that gives you red flags. You're like, you can't be good at Chinese and Italian and French and all the different cuisines. You just can't. Yeah, yeah. When you try to please everyone, you please no one, essentially. All right, back to it. I know I'm not a diner, but I really needed this podcast to cut that menu down. Thank you so much, Kirsten, Philadelphia. Yeah, so it made sense with the last little bit there. I was like... I'm reading it and I'm like, Dinah, I probably should have read this before we got on the podcast. Probably. But anyway, Kirsten, I love the message. Thank you so much for texting in. It's um, it's great. Yeah, I love niching down. Like, I think it really is something we're both really passionate about because when we niche down, it really pushed our business to go in the right direction and, like, it helped us grow so much like we mentioned last week. And also, I just love experts. I love people who are really good at one thing. It just, like, makes me so excited. Like, the other day, Al, you and I went into Geelong and we went to this, like, big metal manufacturers because we were picking up some brass to inlay into our concrete slab for our house build, which is exciting. But we got there and it was just this huge shed and there was just all of these people working with metal and I just loved it. I was like, this is fucking sick. And yeah. I'm like, they fabricate all sorts of cool stuff. It's all out of metal. They had like beautiful garden beds and table legs and just like really cool stuff. And I know like if I wanted anything done out of metal, I could walk in there and they'd know exactly what to do. Yeah, that's it. Like special shops that are like just specifically for one type of thing is such a cool thing when you go in there and you're like, oh man, this is like the place for metal, isn't it? Well, they know what they're talking about. And that's exactly the same with small businesses as well. So when you know what you do, who you do it for, and you become really good at it, everyone will start to realize that you're the person to go to for that specific thing. And that's where success lies. So like I just said before, when you try to please everybody, you end up kind of doing everything a little bit average and you please nobody. So if you haven't listened to that episode, Go back and listen. I reckon it's one of our best. Yeah, I do too. And going back to that episode, I think, yeah, just honing in on one thing that you really love to do is is always going to benefit you personally because you're going to have so much fun doing the thing that you love the most. But also it just gives you so much clear direction to go forward in your business. Yeah. 
So good. Anyway, we're not going to talk too much about that topic because we've already talked about it. Go back and listen. The next thing I wanted to bring up was Talk Shop Insiders. So after that episode, we had a whole bunch of new listeners join our private Facebook group, which is called Talk Shop Insiders. And if you're listening to this and you're like, what is this? Go and join. Come and join us on Facebook. Essentially, we just have a group of creative makers. You don't specifically have to be a furniture maker. You can be any other creative maker. And we're just trying to create a community of people who can just support each other, help each other, and really like drive for success. And it's early stages, so it's still a little baby, and we need your help in the group. You need to get in there, get active, ask questions, get involved, because that's how the group is going to grow. And we just started a new thing called Feedback Friday, where basically you get to post anything about your business. It could be a link to your website. It could be photos of your products. It could be a part of your products that you're currently making or developing, and you want another person's opinion. And you want the opinion of creative makers who have small businesses because you don't want to be getting advice from the wrong person. No, you don't. You want like your peers or people that are in similar industries to you giving you the right advice so that you know where to go and yeah, get the right answers basically, not the ones from just every idiot out there on the internet. Well, not even every idiot out there on the internet, but people who just don't understand like we could just go to any of like our friends or family and be like, hey, what do you think about this? And they're like, mm, well, I don't really understand. And then you're like, in your head, you're like, I can't even be bothered explaining what this is, let yeah. alone asking your opinion. So I think in that group, it's really good because you've got people who are on the same page, you're on the same journey, and we can really help each other. So definitely come and join the group. Very excited to have you all in there. And people have been introducing themselves. And we've got people from all over the world starting to sprinkle in. Very excited. It is. It's really cool to see the the sort of worldwide community growing because that's what we wanted to like bring this to the world, you know, like we love Australia and we love our local friends and people around us. But to bring this to like a global sort of audience is just awesome. And I find it so weird to think that there's people like Kirsten over there in Philadelphia listening to us talk. So hello again to Kirsten and anyone else who's listening around the world. Like it's really cool that you guys are listening to this and like supporting what we're doing here because we love doing it. Yep. And we love you guys. We do this exactly for you. Oh, and actually speaking of Feedback Friday, I asked the group, do you like when we chitter chat at the beginning of our episodes or would you rather us just cut to the chase and get straight to business? Unanimously, it came back saying you like our chit chat. So we're going to keep doing it. Yeah, that's what we're doing. And speaking of chit chat about what we're up to and things like that, we've started framing the house. Well, I've started framing the house with my mate Lincoln and I'm fucking tired to be honest tonight (laughs) because I went there. Lincoln's been working his full-time job. He helped me out all Saturday. We got most of the framing stood up on our house and then we finished it off tonight until like it got dark and it was cold and so shout out to my mate Lincoln. He's just an absolute legend for helping me out with that. And yeah, it's going well. Like the house just looks so big. Like seeing the walls come up really brings the house to life. And it's weird. Like I should know that from being a chippy in the past, but I think because I know the design inside and out and I know, like I've wrapped my head around it for so long, seeing it all come to life, I'm like, holy shit, this is like, this is where we're going to have our bed and this is where we're going to have our kitchen and this is where the bath's going to go and this is Goldie's room. Like everything just is coming into place and it's, it's becoming a reality. It is so exciting. So I was on site with Al flicking chalk lines last week, being an apprentice, and Al is hard. He's a hard boss. 
He had a go at me quite a few times about not flicking the chalk correctly. Yeah, you're a couple but of I'm mil off. Learning, I'm I'm learning, and I understand that Al is an absolute perfectionist. Not that I didn't already know that, but yeah, seeing Al back on the job site and watching him build our house and actually building our house together is a dream come true for us. Like this is something that I have been. I reckon I had a Pinterest board with our dream house on it before I'd even met you. How's that? There you go. There you go. I've been planning uh, a home build for so long. And honestly, I didn't think we'd be in a position to build our own home now. I thought that would kind of be something we did in our 40s, but we were just lucky enough to do it 10 years earlier. I know. It's funny you say that you like had that dream of building a house because today I was going through my old toolboxes. I've still got these old toolboxes that I used to have on an old ute of mine, which for you guys out there in America is, I think you call it a pickup. Pickup. (laughs) A pickup truck. Um, Yeah. So I've got these old toolboxes sitting outside and, and they've got some of my chippy tools in them and like all these different materials and like nails and things that I kept from old job sites that were left behind. And I kept them back in the day thinking like, oh, one day I'll build my house with these. And I just never thought the day would come really soon. Like I thought I'd be holding on to those nails for like 10 years or something, you know, but it's been only a matter of a few years since I was a chippy and now we're using those materials that I've saved. And I'm like, this is so cool. Like I've actually got all these really good expensive things that I kept from old job sites and they're ready to go into our house. So exciting. And yeah, like Al said, like walking through the actual house and seeing the frames up and going, oh, this is where this room is and this is where this room is and and me realizing how much storage we can put in this house. Like I am craving storage. The rental we're currently in, no storage. It also has about four different floors. So I'm so excited to have one floor from the front of the house to the back of the house. Yeah, I'm excited to have my own studio. Al, you're excited to have a workshop. We're excited to have open plan living an ensuite we haven't had an ensuite forever i've never had an ensuite our toilet has always been the complete opposite end of the house to our bedroom and i gotta say when i was pregnant that was like the worst thing ever so i'm excited to have a toilet like four steps away from bed so i can pee in the middle of the night with my eyes shut it's luxurious isn't it it's gonna be amazing so yeah, we'll keep you guys updated with how the house is coming along. It's it's definitely going to be something that we're documenting and we're going to have a lot of content coming out around the house build and everything we're doing with the house build. Like we're doing all the joinery. There's loads of cool like timber feature stuff throughout the house that we really can't wait to show you guys what that's all about, what's going to happen. It's literally all timber. We are just- Yeah, com- well, go figure. <laughs> go figure. We love timber so much. So the whole thing is just going to be like smothered in Australian hardwoods and we're very excited. And if you are interested in following our house build specifically, we have an Instagram called The Good Day House and you can find that if you search on Insta and content will be coming out in a little bit. Yeah, so we'll be talking a lot about that in the in the next few weeks, months, even probably a year we'll be still talking about banging it. Banging on about the <laughs> we'll house. We'll be banging field. on about it forever. So get ready for that. But today we wanted to go into this episode all about websites and the mistakes people make when they're trying to build their own website because it can be really tricky. Like I was literally just having a chat today to the concrete grinder guy Joel at our house build. And he was saying like, oh, yeah, I just get all my business through word of mouth. 
and I don't really use like Instagram or anything very well. And I was like, oh, well, what about a website? And he was like, oh, I don't even have a website. And I was like, look, to be honest, you're wasting your time trying to use Instagram to get a lot of business. Like it's not a waste of time, but the website is much more important and so much easier to gain traction through your business, through your website. 100%. And any of our students who are listening to this would know that I am so passionate about creating good websites that work hard for you. And I have just been banging on and on and on about this point is your website is your core component. It's what you should focus your energy on. And then from here, you can distribute your content across your social media platforms. But today we're just going to be talking about common mistakes people make when DIYing their websites because it's easy. Like you listening to this, if you're a creative maker, it's highly likely you're not a website designer or developer. And so these are some mistakes that people have made. And I honestly do believe that you can DIY a website. I'm not saying go out and hire a designer or a developer. You can if you like, but you can DIY it yourself. Just make sure you don't make these mistakes. Yeah, and I think coming from my perspective, I'm not the whiz when it comes to websites. Like this is definitely your ballpark. However, you've taught me so much over the years we've been in business together and your development as a website developer yourself has like grown so much over the years we've been in business together. So yeah, I'll let you take the lead of this episode and I might just ask a few questions that maybe some of you guys listening out there would be asking these kind of questions because it is kind of confusing when you're building a website, you don't know a lot of things of like what to do and where to put everything. And yeah, I think this is a great episode to sort of get those questions answered. Yeah. So the first one would be is that you just have too much going on. And we all know those websites where you click on and you're like, what am I looking at? There's like things moving and maybe there's different kinds of fonts and there's images and the information's just a little bit confusing and there's a lot of text and navigation's hard to find and it all just looks really crowded and it's just confusing. Yeah, I think in anything in your business, you want to simplify things as much as possible and that goes for the customer too, doesn't it? Like you don't want them to stumble across your website and be like, what do these people do? Like there's like all these different things on the page that I don't really understand what their main focus is. And also like as a creative maker, chances are you've made a whole lot of things, right? Maybe not all of those things should be on your website. Yeah, we definitely have a bunch of products we've made that we culled off the website because they just didn't suit our style, our niche, like we talked about last week. Like they just didn't fit in with what we were trying to portray as our business. Yeah, we really niched down to beds and then we niched down even further specifically to certain types of beds. And there are a whole lot of products that we've actually archived from our website because it's not the vision and the future that we want. And we're trying to attract a particular type of customer at a particular type of price point who likes our style. So I don't want to give them the wrong impression by giving them all of these different other products to choose from. I really want to get hyper-specific about what it is that we do. And so it's really important when you're creating a website and you're thinking about all the content you're going to add, make it really clear. So maybe you've got 10 things but maybe it's only five things that are like really speak true to what you want to do. I would say have those five things and then the other five things don't put on your website. Yeah. Yeah. And don't just keep adding and adding and adding and not taking things away. Like I think if you're going to add new content, 
you might think about taking away some of the older stuff that's like a bit clunky and it's wasting space on your website. Yeah. I think it's just a good thing to think about. Like every single thing you put on your website, your text, your imagery, colors, whatever you do, why? Ask yourself, why is this going on my website? And is this going to lead my customers to the end goal that I want them to get to. Yeah. Is it going to bring you the jobs that you want to be doing? Yeah. Basically. Because if you've got all of these like really cheap jobs that you just did and that's not really the work you want to do, you don't want to confuse your customer by yeah, having those like on there. In the past, obviously, we've made um, bathroom vanities, we've made joinery, stuff like that. We don't put it on our website anymore because I don't want someone calling us or sending us an email saying, hey, can you do joinery for me? Because I'm going to say, oh, I don't actually want to do that because I don't want to do that anymore. So it's better to just take it off the website rather than like have it there and then tell people you don't want to do it. And I know sometimes people think like, oh, but it just shows like my variety of my skills and all the things that I've made and stuff. But if that's not what you want to be making, don't have it on there. Yeah. And this just goes back to like like, last week's episode, the picking your niche. Like if you've picked a niche and you've listened to last week's episode, then you probably want to just have things that are within that niche. Yeah. hundred percent. Like Al, I was just thinking we made that like really sexy walnut bed and it was so beautiful. And I was like, this bed is divine, but we don't want to be making beds out of walnut. Yeah. The next point would be having too little going on on your website, wouldn't it? Like you don't want to have people stumble across your website and then there's like, you know, one or two pictures and nowhere to click around to if they want to like see more information about you, see like what kind of content you're putting out there. There's too little there. People are going to just leave your website. I think this one's all about those people who are like really minimalist and trying to be like so sleek that they're actually not giving anything away and they're just being like Like, too fucking mysterious. (laughs) And I'm like, I get that you want like a slick and sexy looking website. I get that, but I have no fucking clue what you do. And if I don't know what you do in like three seconds, I'm off. Yeah. And I think some people just try to be a little bit like, I don't know, cheeky about it. But with a website, you need to be like as clear as day. Like this is what I do. And now this is what I want you to do. Yeah. Like you just mentioned something earlier when we were planning this episode, the fold, like that's this part of the website, isn't it? Like the first thing you look at, you want it to be like the most engaging thing. Yeah, so essentially, so if you open up your mobile and you've got like a vertical rectangle, that's your fold. And basically you want to make sure that you have a really capturing hero image or video or something that's going to go like, pow, that's what you do. And then you have like a very clear statement of what you do. So it could just be, I think ours is something along the lines of like timber furniture, you know, Surf Coast Australia or custom timber furniture, Surf Coast Australia. Like, You want it to be highly specific to what you do. Like you want to land, and I know this for anybody out there, when you hit a website, you want to make sure that you are getting the answers straight away. And above the fold means that all that information, and it doesn't have to be too text heavy. It just needs to be a clear statement of what you do and a really hero image or video before they even have to scroll. So they know immediately what it is that you do. And that term comes from newspapers because they used to throw newspapers out and the headlines above the fold, that's like the most important information was yeah. above the fold on the website, yeah. on the it's newspaper. It's the first thing you see and it's meant to like hook you in and go, oh, that's exciting. What's this about? Yeah. And then you yeah. buy the newspaper. Yeah. But exactly. in our case, we want people to keep scrolling. Yeah. 
scroll down on the website. Yep. So the next one would be is that your website's too confusing. And again, this kind of goes back to the first one, which was like too much going on. If you don't have a clear uh, representation of what you do as a business, they're going to be confused. If you've got too many things on there that isn't specific enough to what you do, like your niche or, you know, whatever it is that you do as a business, it's going to be confusing. I will always remember when I was working with an SEO expert and he said to me, when you're writing copy on a website, pretend like you're writing it for a five-year-old. So make it as clear as possible so that the person who's reading it on the other end can just get it. They just understand straight away. It's not like you have these like really long paragraphs of trying to explain what you do, like make it really clear and to the point. You're going to have to explain SEO because people don't know what SEO means. I literally mentioned Joel, the concrete grinder who I talked to today, didn't have a website. I mentioned, do you know what SEO is? He had no idea. So search engine optimization. Can you explain that? Like in a nutshell, what it is. Yeah, so basically SEO, search engine optimization, is optimizing the content on your website and the usability. And there's all of these different things that come into play when it comes to organic SEO. But essentially it's about creating a website that Google can understand and read or other search engines can understand and read clearly. So you need to make sure that the text that you put on your website the images that you put on your website are labeled correctly and so that Google can read it like a computer and they can go, oh, I know what the information on this website is and I can feed it to the right people. Mm -hmm. So people who are searching for you online get linked to your website and it's all about the content that you put on your website and other things like speed and design, functionality, um, social proof like Google reviews and stuff, like all of these things can help increase your search and how you rank in Google. And you want to make sure that you're ranking as high as you possibly can so that people actually find you. Yeah, but the other thing was trying to explain what an example of using SEO to your benefit would be like labeling an image by the the picture of what's in the image. So if it's me making a timber bed, it says like carpenter making timber bed would be the label of the image rather than just like JPEG one. Oh, 100%. And that's so that you uh, appear in Google image search results. Likely someone who's shopping for a piece of furniture or something beautiful that anybody's out there is making, the chances are they're going to search for it. And the first thing they're going to do is click on images and they're going to scroll through there to see if they like anything before. And then they're going to use that as a link to get to people's websites. And that is just a massive mistake that people make when creating their websites is they just upload one enormous files which slow down your website and your image sizes should be under like the 600 kilobit. They've got to be small in size and then they also need to be labeled correctly, the image itself. And then you also need to add alt text. So if this is starting to all get very confusing, which I'm sure it probably is. Which we just said this point was all about not being too confusing. We should probably mention that in the course, there's a whole module about SEO And it's very in-depth and it teaches you everything you need to know about how to implement the right strategies into your website. And basically why it's so important to understand all of these things is that you could go and spend all of this time building the most beautiful website 
But if you haven't built it correctly from the beginning, it's not going to work for you. And I'm all about really pretty websites that work fucking hard because our website is what drives all of our traffic. Our customers all find us through Google search and our website does the hard work for us. Like literally we receive inquiries at all hours of the day. They're just ticking over and they're coming through. And that's because people are finding us through Google. Yeah. So if you haven't been lost in the weeds too much by this conversation about SEO already, we'll get back to the list of the things that people make as mistakes when DIYing their own website. SEO is a massive one. So just keep that in mind. And if you want to learn more about it, there's plenty of places you can do that. But we do teach it in the course. So the next one would be not having call to actions on your website. Like this is a massive one. You want to tell your customer what to do because they come to your website. They want an answer of like, how do I purchase or what can I get from these guys? Like you need to give them an answer straight away, don't you? Yeah, you got to make it so clear for people and think about when you're on a website, you just want to know exactly how to navigate it. No trickery. Keep it really simple, say, this is what I want you to do. And then they go to that next step and then think, okay, well, what do I want to do next? And again, this is what we teach in the course, all about usability and navigation and designing a website that actually functions well and leads people on a journey. The other thing I should mention is that when you're designing a website, you want to take your customer's through an experience and through that you want them to stay on your website for a long period of time, which means that you need to have compelling content. The longer someone uh, hangs out on your website, it's going to tell Google that your website's good and it's going to rank you higher. So again, it's really important to have epic design and really good content. Yeah. You cannot drive that home enough. The Successful Furniture Makers course by Al and Imo is the only implementation course of its kind that not only shows you exactly how to set up the procedures and processes in your making business, but also teaches you the digital marketing strategies to reach your dream customer at your dream price point. If you would like to join us, head over to furniturefriends.com.au forward slash successful furniture makers. The next one would be poor use of content and white space. So this is just like, You've got to, white space is there for a reason. And if you're using like Squarespace and stuff, there's a block called uh, Spacer and you can use that to just space your images and text out. The last thing you want to do is create a website that's just like really heavy with images and text. Like you want to space it out and make it look beautiful. And and it's so that when someone's reading and scrolling through your website, the content all has space to breathe. And it just, that's the same in any kind of design though. Like you design a house, you design a piece of furniture, you design, you know, an artwork. It needs to have composition, right? The same thing goes for a website. Yeah. I love that because yeah, like, like you said, you design a house, you don't put everything all squashed together. Like you want space and you want like light coming through the right windows and Everything needs to work as a beautiful looking thing. Otherwise, it's just like well, it's just, a slap together sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. And also, I think like you can just add a bit of white space to something and it already looks more expensive. You know, like when you just jam, your, you know, your text next to your image on top of this, on top of that, it all looks crowded. It's like when you go into a retail shop and I'm bringing this up today because mm. I had to go into Geelong. I need to find a white silk blouse to wear with a suit this weekend to a wedding. And I shit you not. Not one shop had what I needed and I was running around the mall and I hated it because I I don't like shopping at all. I just, I do not like it. And I went into this one shop and there was just so much stuff on all of the racks and 
it just looked so cheap and nasty. And I was just like, you know what? If they took half the clothes out of here, put them in boxes out the back, this place would look like these clothes would look nice. But because they were all just like jammed into these rails, it just looked really cheap. Yeah, it's sort of like the first point. There was too much going on um, and there was not enough use of like white space like on the internet. You want to have a bit of clear space between your bits of content that are on your first page because you want to separate things. You don't want it all to be just one big thing that's crammed together, do you? No, it just doesn't look nice. And I think it's just, you know, proportion, composition, all of that kind of stuff. Think about that when designing your website. The next would be ugly or irrelevant images. And it just breaks my heart when I go to someone's website and they've got like, grainy crap photos or they've got stock images that make absolutely no sense of like weird families jogging with smoothies and you just like you're like what does this even mean i don't understand so it's really important that you're including i don't know if i've seen that website no, but you that's know hilarious you though go like to a family a- jogging with smoothies that is yeah but you go to these websites and someone's like promoting a particular type of service or product yeah. And the photo is like... Yeah, it's just like some generic thing that they've found and they just slapped it on there like, oh, yeah, this will work for us. And it's like, what is that? I don't understand. Yeah. So I think it's really important that if you're going to add images to your website, make sure they're your own and make sure they're high quality. Yeah. The next one would be hidden navigation. So this is like, yeah, I guess this is when you're trying to find something on a website and you cannot find it and you're like... What's going on here? I had this experience today. I was looking on a website and I was looking for a rug and I couldn't for the life of me find the search bar. And I was like, what the hell is going on? And I had like hundreds and hundreds of products. And all I wanted was to find a cream colored rug and everything was gray. And I realized that their search was white against a white background. So that's a mistake. Yeah. Yeah, like you really want a website to just be so easy to use. Like generally your menu should be at the top of the page somewhere and you click on it and it comes down with a drop down menu or it takes you to the menu. Like you just want it to be simple. That's how a good website works. Don't be obscure. This yeah. is not the place to try to be Don't quirky. like hide it on your photo of yourself and click it on your eyeball or something and be like, oh, that's where it is. Like, But I think also when <laughs> we're the ones, when you're making something, you understand it inside and out, right? So you know how to navigate your own website. So it's really important to like give it to somebody else and say, hey, do you mind having to click around, check all the links, you know, is it easy to get to where you want to get to? And ultimately figure out what it is that you want your customer to do. And chances are it's probably something like you want them to contact you, you want them to purchase something, you want them to sign up to your mailing list. Like there's got to be like what's your clear thing that you want them to do and how can you easily navigate them to get there? Yeah, I think that leads into the next one, which would be missing your target market. Like you don't want to put things on your website that aren't there for your specific customers and having the customers not being even able to find the navigation like the last point would be a massive problem, wouldn't it? Yeah, huge problem. And so that also kind of takes me back to the copy that you write on your website. I think it's really important to think in your head about who it is that you're trying to attract and who your target market is and speak to them. And a really good tip is go through all of your emails or your DMs or whatever it is that you communicate with customers and pick out all of the questions they ask you and then answer them on your website. And that'll save you having to answer those questions again 
in emails because it's already on your website and hopefully they've read it. But also know that people don't go to frequently asked questions pages, really. They'll probably email you to ask you the question, but you can just email them the link rather than having to actually answer all the questions. You can be like, hey, thanks for getting in touch. I see you've got a few questions here. Here's a link to my frequently asked questions page so that you don't have to keep repeating yourself over and over and over again. Great point. Yeah, I love that. The next one would be lack of contact information. So you want your customers to be able to get in touch with you because if you don't have the info on your website, how are they supposed to know how to find you? Absolutely. And figure out exactly how you want people to contact you and give them really clear direction of how it works. So for example, Al and I don't have our phone number available online because we don't have time to be answering phone calls. We basically try to lead our customers to download our price list, which gives them all the information about how they can order through us and what that process looks like. And it saves us just constantly responding to emails every single day, which is what we used to do. Um, But then we kind of ran out of time and we don't really have time to do that anymore. So basically, we always try to direct our customers to download our price list, which has all of the information they could ever possibly need about how to order and what that process looks like with us. So I think it's just about being so clear about your processes and it could even be like step one we make contact step two we agree on a design fee or whatever it is that you might do custom or whatever it might be step four custom design step five 50 percent deposit step six you know like making so make it really clear so that person can read through and go okay well that's what the process looks like they know the rules and then they can decide whether they want to go further with you yeah i think that's a great point and I, this is something like i really love about having your own business is you get to decide what your business processes are and to show the customer that this is your process is the best way of doing things and it makes it so easy for them it's so murky sometimes if you don't have all the information in front of you when you're visiting a website If it's all laid out for you clearly of how the process goes, it's so easy and it makes the customer feel like their hands held the whole way and they know how to order from you. Particularly if you do custom. So I think if people are searching for something, you know, very customized, you don't want to go in a back and forth email, you know, train with them for 50 emails before even mentioning to them what the price is going to be. So I think it's really important to have those processes outlined for yourself, but also for the customer as well. So I would definitely think about, this was meant to be about contact information, but I've actually just, I'm broadening it. I'm saying (laughs) all of your processes information, make it so clear So people know exactly what they're in for. Yep. The next one would be being boring and generic. And this like, basically you're running your own business. Like I said before, you get to decide what goes on here. Don't just do what everyone else is doing in your industry. Like think about what really speaks to you and speaks about you as a business and a person that has your own sort of set of ideas because that's what's going to stand out from the rest, isn't it? And this is like the most exciting part about building a website is that you get to bring in your own branding and that in itself can just take, you know, a very basic looking website and really elevate it and make it look so different. So it's about the fonts that you choose, the colors, the imagery and what you put on there. And you can also be really fun. Like you can add, you know, quite interesting things on your website, like video Or it could be like, you know, a bit tongue in cheek, some of the stuff that you say. Obviously, you want to make sure you're getting all of those keywords in there so that you're ranking for SEO. But you can have personality and you can have fun with your website. And I just think like 
just because you looked at everybody else's websites and maybe they look a particular way and it's like, you know, the background's a piece of wood or whatever. You don't have to do that. You can be different, you can be bold, and you can be really fun. And this is the best way to speak to your target market. Yeah, and you don't necessarily have to have your personality as a person shine through. Like maybe you want your business to portray a particular type of image and that's what personality you need to shine through within your website. Because I know we had some students within our group that didn't want to be the faces of their brand and they kind of struggled at first to find what they were going to put on their website and decide to do. But then you have to just come up with what your brand personality is going to be rather than your own personality as a person, don't you? Absolutely. And you know what? Your furniture or whatever it is that you make can have personality. It doesn't have to have a person in it, but it can still have personality. And it could be, you know, really bold and sexy, or it could be, you know, quite rustic and charming, or it could be, you know, really bright and bubbly, like this is where you get to come in with so much fun. And I just think that's where a website comes alive. And you've got to remember a website is an experience. Like you can make a really beautiful experience for someone. And the idea is to just keep them scrolling and clicking. You want to keep your customer on your website for as long as possible. That is the name of the game. And you want them to then, but for in a good way, you don't want them to be clicking around because they can't find what they're no. looking for. You want them to be clicking <laughs> be around like, because- Where the fuck is the purchase button? No, you want to keep them clicking around because they just want to know more. They want to know more about you. They want to learn more. They want to see more of your products. So websites are very exciting and they are just such an incredible, tool to build your business off if you start from the ground up and you build your foundations correctly. Um, And like Al mentioned, we talk all about websites, SEO, design, navigation, usability, like all of that stuff is covered in the course. And we basically build your website from the ground up and it's awesome. And I also created a Squarespace website template, which you can purchase on our website at furniturefriends.com.au. And I designed this with the creative maker in mind. And basically what you can do is you access the template and then you can go in and add all of your branding. You can add your copy, you can add your images. And I've basically designed the website in a way that's going to lead your customer on a really beautiful experience. Yeah. I love that. So Guys, if you like this episode, we'd love to hear some feedback from you guys. And also, if you want to just check out our website, there's tons of free content on there. There's lots of free blogs. There's like so much content that Emo has been chipping away at over the years that's just like really valuable and interesting stuff. So check it out. Yeah. Speaking of today, I was editing a YouTube video for an upcoming DIY project that we have. And it's really cool because it was in collaboration with a brand. So, you know, when you're actually given a brief and that you have to respond to, it's really fun. So I got to do this really awesome project. And today I was just finishing up the video. And um, it's a good to mention that our blog posts that have video on them, generally people stay on those pages for a really long time. And then those pages end up ranking higher because it's telling Google that people love the content. So video so powerful. If you have skills or if you have the desire to do video or the budget, if you're, you know, Richie Pants out there, then implement video into your websites because it'll just keep people watching. And um, yeah, it's really exciting. But speaking of the course, enrollment's open next week. Wow. I cannot believe we're almost up to round two. It's crazy. Like, It feels like this business is just taking shape. It's just off the ground, but 
yeah, we're really excited to get some more students in because the first group of students were so amazing. Like it was just such a cool experience and I can't wait to do it all over again with the new group. I know. And I just like, I feel like not only have we, you know, we've got students, I guess is the word to use, but I feel like we have friends and really creative friends and you can see everything starting to develop. And I just feel like they have all the secrets. Like we built this course for people just like us. And I guess we wish we had this when we first started out because it really just gives you a very clear roadmap to starting a small making business and pretty much just like what to do and how to do it. And here's it outlined in front of you, go for it. So that you can just sidestep all this like figuring out and all the time it takes researching and trying to find the answers. We've packaged it all up for you in a 12-week course. It's eight modules. It's something like 40-something lessons. We cover all sorts of things and it's live Zooms every week with Al and I and you get access to us and you can ask us all of your questions and we can hang out and be mates. We cannot wait to start this next round of the course. So if you really want to get in there, you got to get in quick. It is a limited number of spots. So join our wait list. See it on the website. It's furniturefriends.com.au and we hope to see you there. We cannot wait. I'll pop the link below in the comments, but we would love to have you join us. And all we want is success for everybody. So hope you've enjoyed this episode. And if you're out there DIY on your website, I hope you've written notes and we'll chat soon. See you next week, guys. Bye. Bye.